When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, this is Brandon from the future, cutting in to this episode to say, yes, indeed, the Writing Excuses Anthology is available. It's called Shadows Beneath. We have it in a gorgeous hardcover, as well as in ebook e forms and all of your favorite ebook platforms. And if you buy the hardcover, we send you the ebook for free. So if you haven't read the story we're doing this week, you'll want to stop right now, pick up a copy of the anthology, read through that story so that then you can follow along with this critique session and see what professional writers have to say about a story going from first draft to last draft. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 31. This is Writing Excuses, critiquing Howard's story. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And the part of Dan will be played by a rowdy group of European soccer hooligans watching American football for the first time. <laughs> and we once again have Eric James Stone joining us. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. All right, so we have done this with the other... Um, people in the Writing Excuses crew, uh, where we each wrote a story and have critiqued them. And last but not least is our friend Howard, who has written <laughs> a story. And um, you will be able to go and download this as part of the Writing Excuses anthology. Um, and you should go do that right now before you listen to this, because we're going to spoil. And what we want you to do is read the story. We will include in the ebook edition the draft that Mary and I and Eric just read so that you can read the story, listen to our critique, and have in front of you the original draft so you can see what we went through. But it makes us feel much better if you've read the story first because seeing it in its glory and beauty... Because one of, yes. the, things, one of the things that we're going to talk about is the fact that what Brandon and Mary and Eric have read really isn't the whole story. Uh, and... I am stuck and need help getting the characters and the plot and all the things to one of the possible endings I had yeah. in mind. Yes. And the reason we decided to go ahead and do this with a partial story mm -hmm. is that we know that this is something that happens to a lot of you. So one yes. of the things we'll be talking about are the tools that you can use to get yourself out of this spot. Now, like the other one podcasts we did of this nature, this will go longer than the 15 minutes. So be prepared. This is going to be a long episode as we dig into Howard's story. Um, and I'm just going to lead the discussion, as I normally do with these. 
Um, and as I often like to do, I can't remember if I did it with the other ones, I like to start with what's working uh, whenever I'm doing a critique because I don't want the writer to fix what's working. Um, and awesome. so let's talk about it. What did we like about this piece? Well, one of the things I really liked is I liked the, uh, the main character, mm -hmm. uh, the, the security guard. Um, I like stories about people who are competent. Mm -hmm. He was very um, competent, and it was yeah. shown me how competent yes. he was. There was very little telling of that, and it was great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that way, you know, with a competent character, if they run up against something that's you know, outside their competency mm -hmm. zone, that creates some good conflict. And, yeah. And this, this story, I think, has a, a really neat concept, and uh, with the whole... Uh, you know, immortality mm -hmm. coming up thing, and then is it death? Is it aliens? What, what's what's it interfering here? So I, I really liked the concept there, uh, and uh, really wanted to know how it was going to end. One thing I want to highlight that was working very well for me was the pacing. Yes. Um, the way that you included your breaks really enhanced the sense of pacing. You had a nice little zing at the end of most of them. Um, I was just, I was really engaged by this story all the way through. Um, yeah, I remember you actually cursing me yeah. when you got to the portion of the document that read Boneyard yes. instead of... I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, you had yeah, yeah. kind of indicated you weren't done, and I'm like, I'm hoping that means he just doesn't know what to do with the epilogue, like I, with my story. <laughs> yeah. like, we get the whole story, and then you're like, I don't know quite what to do. Oh, no, it no. just stops. And I'm like, yeah. ah, Taylor! So. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that I liked was the, uh, the dialogue. Yes. Um, particularly because this is first person and, and you're writing in uh, first person present tense. Yep. yep. Um, I like the immediacy that that gives, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, I, and I also like the character interactions. I feel like you picked the right tense, mm -hmm. um, and it helps and enhances the story. Okay, yeah. that, that, by the way, is very gratifying because as I was first writing this, I remember thinking, you know, I used first person present tense when I was writing the horror stories for Space Eldritch. I should, mm -hmm. I should just go with the straight, you know, third person, uh, third person limited. And I could not find the voice for the characters. Mm -hmm. And so I changed characters. Uh, you know, the original pitch for this was that our uh, protagonist was the CEO. Oh, okay. But in that version yeah. of the story, mm -hmm. he was just telling people what to do. And I thought, this right. is boring. Mm -hmm. there, he's not, I mean, Yes, he has to think a lot and do things, but all he's doing is telling people things. Mm -hmm. So I switched characters, and yeah. it still didn't feel immediate enough. And then I switched tenses, and that appears to be where my stride and the pacing of this story fits. So I'm glad you know, that's I, working. I remember brainstorming this way back when we did it, and even having brainstormed part of this with you, I was still surprised by stuff. I was surprised by things that was working oh, real yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I still don't know what. The ending is, even though we brainstormed the concept, I don't know if this is an alien or if it's actually death or if it's industrial espionage, um, and I love that about it. Yeah. Um, uh, why don't we go ahead and look at what's not working for the part that's already here, and okay. then for the second half of the cast, we'll tackle this sort of larger issue of how do I end the story, can you guys help me brainstorm an ending, this sort of thing, okay? Okay. Uh, for me, his seconds are um, too similar. Okay. Um, yep. I, I, I found that I was doing a fair bit of confusing of who, who else was there. And I think it has to do with speech patterns 
and and also uh, his assessment of where they fit into competency. Because um, everybody seemed to be of equal competency levels. And uh, doing the same kind of things. And doing the same kind of but things. But you know one thing that snapped when I learned that Mo was short for Muhammad? Wasn't it? Yes. Yep. That character suddenly became clearer in my head. And it's the whole Orson Scott card thing, right? It's not necessarily that he was an, um, an ethnicity, but the fact that he was now a longer name, different from the other ones, and of a different... Like, Harrison Scott's card has said, when you're naming characters, try to make each name yeah. distinctive from the others in an interesting way. And that was exactly what I was doing. Um, with regard to their extreme similarity, um, that is always a problem with me, mm -hmm. with secondary characters during first and second drafts. Mm. And it's not until... It's not until I have the story shaped the way it needs to be shaped that I can go back in and tweak the dialogue so that yep. the character's speech patterns identify themselves. Yep. Uh, and you know, looking back directly. at it at the start, you called him Mohammed the first time, but I wasn't into the story yet. Yep. And he was Mo for a long time. And then when you called him Mohammed again, that's the first time I grabbed onto Mohammed. Yeah, and I completely missed I, I mean it just mm -hmm. it, it didn't it wasn't sticky for me yeah it didn't it didn't stick for me either um, the the, the on. one that did stick for me was the um the Philalo. what Philalo. yes mm -hmm. the polynesian name yeah. yeah yeah um so uh talking about other things that didn't quite work um i'm going to try to start larger and go smaller i've okay. got some text based things but we'll, we'll get to those later um i felt that there were a couple of places where the narrative got a little clunky for me. And mm -hmm. one was there was some maiden butlering um, in the scene with, between Woolrike? Wool Woolrike? Woolrick. Yeah. Woolrick. Yeah. Uh, Woolrick, that's right. We just had a break. Anyway, Woolrick and, um, and our protagonist chatting. And it was like, as you know, we hired this people. In it. And there was a lot of information in there that as a reader, I felt like I didn't 100% need. Yeah. Okay. I, I had a lot of that too, and I went through and I marked in the text. There were, um, for me, it was a lot of the stuff about how incredibly valuable this, this yeah. thing was. I'm like, you know what? I just need somebody to tell me this is valuable, and I do not need them to justify it. Right. Yeah. It's, and th th at the same time, in that same sequence, we have like the um, the our main character saying, "This is I'm I'm thinking of re of stepping down or something like that," which didn't seem to work. I mean, I can understand him being shocked. Somebody needs to run security for this. They are going to need somebody. Yeah. And so it makes perfect sense that it would be him that he's like, oh, I've just realized my mission parameters are much larger than I thought. This is a big deal. I'm overwhelmed. But there is this discussion of I may need to quit, sir, or things like that. I'm like, who's he gonna is he gonna hire someone better than you? I mean, I don't understand that interaction completely. It was part of this. Okay. Do we need all of this? Yeah. Um I've been presented with the characters like Tell me what I need to do. I'm going to then take the next few steps. And for him, it, finding out, wow, you're doing this awesome thing. Okay. Um, I will have to deal with that. Felt like, anyway. Okay. Yeah. I need to figure out how to, how to fix that because at least in, in the way I'm envisioning the, the further unfolding of the story, mm -hmm. um, the corporate espionage angle here is pretty important. And one of the principles behind... Uh, protecting against corporate espionage is uh, the value of the data and the value of okay. the knowledge that the data exists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't need to spend as much time on the page getting to that. Yeah, okay. that's what I feel. Okay. Too. Yeah. 
this was all good. And in fact, I even liked his conflict of, am I capable of handling yeah. this? Okay. I just felt there was way too much spinning of heels right. in this scene for me. I'm just yeah. giving read a response. No, no, that, that's 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 good. And what what I want to make sure of is that uh, that that's not that the thematic element isn't mm-hmm. the problem. No, it's the way I'm. It's the way yes. I'm. It is over narrating it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, okay. You know, I mean, the uh, uh, one I highlighted just to, to go back to this is like, you know, that inbound marketing team we created. Like, why do we need to know about what they're doing? Market research. That I mean, I think in just a couple of lines, you could say you could get across the idea of this is how we're going to profit on this. Okay. With less back and forth. I yeah. don't know. Okay. Um, this is. I just I, was bored there. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, and and likewise, it it was because I got it really mm-hmm. early on. Okay, so I think you know, I think like you need to. And third, you know, part of this is you figuring uh, out is the you? world builders, mm-hmm. um, the world builders trap of I have figured out how the CEO and the board of directors is structuring this to protect the data as well as they can. Um, and I want to share how clever I am with my readers. Yeah. Uh, so. But you don't actually need it for the story progression. Dialing back the sharing of the clever. Mm-hmm. Um, though, on another tack, I'm not sure if this is for everyone else or not, but I kind of want to know if you're going to mention, we've discovered the secret to immortality. Either to just say that or to go further and say, it means this and this or something. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe this isn't the right time for it, but at the end, I'm like, what is it? All he says is we've, we've introduced uh, an order of magnitude increase in human longevity. And the guy's like, you're sure this is working? He says, yes. And the reader in me is like, what does it mean you're sure this works? You've only had two years. Does it mean our cells are no longer breaking down? I okay. want a little line of proof. Yeah, yeah. I had some plausibility problems yeah. with yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so do I. So mm-hmm. uh, now... Uh, you can say, you know, working in mouse studies yes. or whatever, and, you know, the, 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 the original mouse who got it five years ago is still alive or whatever. I don't know how, right. how long mice actually live. Right. I just need something there. I don't need all the techno babble, but I need some. Yeah, yeah, I, I need him to offer our guy some proof. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, if you, if you said, you know, on a cellular level, aging is no longer happening. Yes. And okay. that right there, that, would, that tells me what kind of immortality this is. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the the places that I had a you know thing of disbelief was that his team, granted all hyper competent and everything, would just happen to carry around bugging equipment on them mm. when they're doing a panic call. Hmm. I'm like, because okay. he said it's about the size of a wall plate when he's talking about the transceiver. I'm like, having the camera dot, I can okay, you know maybe that's just in your bag all the time. At a place where they don't want you to do any. Oh, that's a good point. You know, they don't want you mm-hmm. to do any of this stuff, but you, cl- and you know, where what what budget item was your secret bugging equipment on? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I had some, I had some disbelief with that. Wow, that's it. That's interesting. Now you say it, it yeah, it pops in with me. My problem with the bugging equipment was actually that I didn't have explained to me how it worked. It you assumed. I knew, and I'm like, when they went in and they're like, let's download the feed. And I'm like, what? Why? I, I thought you were going to go look at a screen and have someone watching that all the time because that's how security footage works for me and things. Like, I was very confused at how. That's yeah, funny. I, I also yeah. thought that there was going to be a, you know, let us, let us, we, we want some, we want live 
yeah. footage of him. Um, I think, I mean, as as fantastic as it is watching them be, the problem with with this is that it, it's this is the, one of the places that you demonstrate their area of competence and how well yeah. they work as a team. So for the for overall story structure, important. But in terms of getting us the next information we need, mm -hmm. all you had to do was to get rid of his prohibition against having the. Yep. No, you're well, you're absolutely see, right. Well, and the other thing, I'm I'm, I'm going to go a different direction on this. Um, I'm I'm going to disagree. I really like that scene. Oh no, I like it too. But I'm, and I think it's just easily justified with simply having him say, "I've been looking for an excuse to convince myself to bug his room for a long time now," and my men knew that. And I had not gone forth it, forward with it because bugging my employer is not something I do unless I have, have a good reason. Answer right there. Yep, that, that, yeah. that solves it. One of the reasons that it is important to me is that on a, on a story level, mm -hmm. uh, the reader needs to be shown that the interloper you know, whatever he is, deaf, alien, whatever. Yeah. The interloper already knows enough to know exactly where the camera is and to speak to the camera. Right. Yes. And the camera is not the corporations. It is our exactly. individual yes. no, security that's teams. That's, exactly. That's and that's, that's, uh, that adds a lot we're of swiftly, layers to this. We're swiftly yeah. running up against the, the corner that I've written myself into. Uh -huh. we're... Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Okay, let's stop for our book of the week and then sure, let's sure. go to the corner, okay? So our book of the week this week, Mary, you were going to do The Firebird. Yes. So this is The Firebird by Su uh, Susanna Kearsley. And this is a book that I picked up because I really like the narrator, Catherine Kelgren. And I went to see what else she had narrated. And yeah. she'd narrated this book by Susanna Kearsley, who I'd met at a convention and liked. And so I was like, oh, let me listen to this book. It's a little outside my genre. Um, and loved it. Mm. This is, um, it's urban fantasy or paranormal romance, I guess. But basically what she's doing is she's taking the traditional Firebird tale and she is retelling it in two time streams. One of them is a, uh, I think, 1400 Scotland? Maybe 1600 Scotland. I'm a little, I can't remember now because it's been a while since I've listened to it. And the other is contemporary. And so you're getting the quest for the Firebird, mm. told through these two different time streams that weave together beautifully and also stand on their own beautifully. Wow, that's awesome. So if you want to look at nested mm -hmm. narrative structures and really good character relationships, this is wonderful. The only caution that I have for you is that you should not listen to it while you are driving if you are prone to weeping. Okay. All it's, right. It's a very effective storytelling. Well... AudiblePodcast.com slash excuse. Start a 30-day free trial membership uh, and pick up... The Firebird by Susanna Kearsley. The Firebird by Susanna Kearsley. All right, so let's address the big problem, which is that our story that we were all really enjoying ends yeah. without an ending. Ends, ends, in the, ends in the wrong place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let me start by telling you uh, the, the intended structure of the story. Okay. All right. The intended structure of the story is the thing that happens next is that the, the easy logical answer for mm -hmm. what's going on is that our protagonist and his team are, for some reason, spoofing everybody with their, their camera and their tricks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and now this team has been brought into, you know, the full corporate secret. And so... And, you know, the bodyguards are there in a room full of the, the company's brain, t brain trust. And honestly, the bodyguards are all armed. Mm -hmm. This is a situation the brain trust is probably very, very uncomfortable with. Uh -huh. And their logical action would be to, you know, immediately demand that the bodyguards disarm themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, which... Makes perfect sense. You know, it follows... Well, if I were in this situation, I wouldn't do that. And if I were in this situation, I wouldn't play along immediately. If I suspected the bodyguard and say, wow, we need to do more research investigation into this. Let's set up a, a better surveillance and see if we can do this. And then, once the bodyguards were gone, then I deal with it. I don't deal with it in the room right there no. with them. Okay. Yeah, ditto. Yeah. No, 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 no. When, when, okay. when someone is in the room with you and they have weapons, you do not escalate. Yep. Um, okay. And so I would, I would try and, so that's, I, I, I think that. Okay, you know what, that works mm -hmm. even better. That, yes. actually, that actually works even better because mm -hmm. what they want to do is they want to get the bodyguards out of the room. Yes. What the interloper wants to have happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and the interloper is playing everybody. Right, so we, yeah. Okay. The, the in, and that's, that is something that needs to be made clear as the story unfolds. You know, mm -hmm. this is a story goal. Um, that is what the interloper expects to have happen. 
is that the bodyguards will be neutralized. Right. And then the interloper uh, and his interloper buddies will materialize in the room and murder everyone. Okay. Um, um, okay, so so what you have right now is this is we are on our last act uh, of this we, story. Yes, we are heading we, we are, are heading straight this into This is climax right here. Yeah, straight into the okay. last act. What do you want the interloper to be? Okay. Um, the interloper is and th that's the other trick is revealing this information in mm -hmm. some way. The interloper is a species of alien uh -huh. that uh, you know some sort of extra-dimensional alien that has found a way to feed off of energies released when people die. Okay. And they can materialize in our plane and mm -hmm. kill us, but when they do that, they are exposed to us killing them back. Okay. Which is something that they don't want to have happen. Mm -hmm. um, if we just die naturally, well, that's awesome for them because mm -hmm. then, you know, hey, free right. food. Um, if we if stop we dying. Yeah, if we stop dying, they all starve. Okay. Um, and, and so what they are trying to do is set up a situation in which uh, they can maintain the status quo. Uh-huh. Um, and for whatever reason, this to them seems like the best strategy. Okay. So I'm going to say that this is one of those scenarios where I feel like the, the bad guy's plan is too complicated. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the bad guy's plan of, I need to convince them to not do this. Mm -hmm. the, the, the plan up to the point of, yes. let's stop this. Let's stop this. That, that plan, great. that plan all makes perfect sense. The let's kill all of these guys is um, really, really, forgive me, really, really stupid. Because if you can materialize anywhere... Yes, you just smash up all their computers and their equipment, for and, one thing. Yeah, and, and then you materialize in their bedrooms at night and kill yes. them in their sleep. Yep. Yeah. Just and, smother them with pillows. Yep, or you materialize in their bedrooms while they're, they're you know, okay. going to sleep and like, I'm death. I can go anywhere you... Let's, let's prove it. Go and lock yourself in any room you want. I will appear there. I can prove to you I am death. Now stop what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So And see that's that's one of the problems I'm up against mm -hmm. because as I was as I was trying to define a uh for lack of a better term, you know, a, a power set. Yes. Um why don't they just materialize mm -hmm. everywhere? You know, what is the cost for them mm -hmm. of materializing and dematerializing? It's got to be something beyond the risk of being seen. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to play with the fact that uh, uh, I did some research into death imagery. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they look like our classic representations of death is cool, but those classic representations of death are the you know the last you know right. eight hundred years, nine hundred years. Um, so either they haven't always been around, or this isn't what they've always looked like. Yeah. Um, but once I start opening all of these cans of worms, the story gets bigger and bigger and mm -hmm. bigger, and that's not what I wanted. Uh, I think you were just fine saying they discovered our plane right about the time these depictions of death started appearing. Solves a lot of your problems there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the bigger problem is this one of how do we end this? Eric, you've been quiet for a bit, and you're really good at this stuff. Do you have any advice? Um, well, uh, I think part of, part of the problem 
is how is the main character going to be involved in solving this problem? Okay. Right. And that is, I hadn't actually gotten around to describing that. The main character, uh, the way I had imagined it is that, you know, either when he is disarmed or when he is, uh, you know, sent from the room, realizes that, oh, this is this is a scenario that somebody potentially has planned for. Those people are now all in that room without protection. And I've identified a threat that can materialize anywhere. I need to be back in that room. Okay. Um, and I think Mary's argument that they can materialize in the bedrooms at night is really a big deal yeah. for this story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, which may involve... This this may be one of those places where you actually have to rejigger your middle a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know. So it might be that this this big scene that we have happening in mm -hmm. the office, you know, gets gets shifted to to bedroom. Right. It, or you can rejigger it so that is that the right word? <laughs> so that they're experimenting with this whatever's immortality stuff involves the creature's home plane. And so because of the science that's going on in this lab, this causes the creatures to manifest here. They have broken open this plane, so it's not just chemical. It changes your story a lot. But it gives yeah. you a, a connection there that then it's, you know, it's me. I'm looking for a magic system yeah. explanation. No. This is what I do. Um, and so then fixing it is a matter of if they can only manifest here, um, what do we do anywhere we're going to use this they manifest so we come up with a solution that causes that you know they can't manifest yeah. where we're doing our research or something yeah the original version of and i say the original version of the ending uh the ending that leapt to mind as the story you know came to me while i was driving uh is that um there is a fight we realize that we can kill them we somehow realize what their plan is and that their numbers have bloated hugely as our numbers have gone up mm -hmm. because there's so much food. Ah. And mm -hmm. now there are, you know, maybe millions of them who can appear at will and will need to in order to eat. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to give humanity immortality. And now we need to arm you because you're going to have to fight for it. That's a cool ending. It's a really yeah. cool ending. Mm -hmm. I just got to figure out how to get That's there. That's a great ending. I like that. Um. <clears throat> but you know, I mean, you don't have to, you don't actually have to work as hard to get there as, as, because all you need is for that ending is for your alien to appear and for there to be a firefight and for the alien to be killed. Yep. That's all you need. And you already have everything uh -huh. in place. So you don't need to get your good guys out of the room. You don't need yeah. to do... You okay. could actually... You need to do find out on the alien, have your good guy make the call that I'm going to go to his house at night. One of these things is going to show up and I'm going to shoot it in the head. Or something like Mary yeah. suggested earlier, which could be an, a valid way to, to go about this. I don't know. The discovery that needs to be made is these are aliens... This is what they do. Yeah. One of the, if you want to do something with, you know, like, uh, like have them look at the tape and be like, okay, so there's this, this, this 
thing occurs right before he appears. Mm, yeah. This is this gives us a warning signal. Right. Um, so rather than having our guy push a panic was thing, that, was that UV scatter? I, yeah, it was UV forget. scatter, and and you know it's like okay, and if UV scatter is happening, um, or or you know, look at the way he's looking at things. Uh, we suspect that he is only seeing in this spectrum or something. Right. And the other thing that you have going on here is that it looked right at the camera. So it saw them. What can it see? What can it see? Could it see you because it was watching the room and it didn't get distracted by this thing? If you palm the thing and stuck it, you know, somewhere yeah. unobvious, you know, if there were two cameras and it only spotted one of them, it tells you something about the alien that they can, they can use. You need some sort of information about the aliens that can be exploited. Yeah, and, and, then, and, and something, that it is, something in our main character's area of competence, yeah. which would be about threat assessment. Right. And one of the, yeah. and, you know, so if, he, if all of the scientists are looking at it and being like, well, you know, it's alien, da 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 and he's like, screw that, this thing, you know, this thing doesn't have binocular vision, mm. you know, or something. <laughs> You right. Know. Well, but it's, that's and that's exactly what I'm trying to set up. Right. Is that he approaches this from threat assessment, mm -hmm. and they approach this. They come close. Right. For threat assessment, when they're talking about you know game theory and trying to understand what the motivation would possibly be mm -hmm. for running this sort of a scam. Right. Um, I, uh, I I kind of like using the the theme of the story. I kind of like the ending being him rushing in someplace and shooting the thing just because it matches the first scene so yeah. well. You know, it could be clearly this thing wants to talk to you. He's like, the only time this thing appears is when this room is empty or when Wolreich is in it by himself. Right. Um, so let's, let's right. set up a scenario where... You could have a let's interview the alien scene where it's like, all right, we're going to talk. Um, I don't even... And well, no, that's I, I like that because part of what that can give me mm -hmm. is a scene break in mm -hmm. which a lot of the discussion among the brain yeah. trust mm -hmm. happens doesn't off ha yeah, happens off scene. Uh -huh. I, as I talked to Mary about this in the commute from the airport um, before we stopped talking because we realized we might have a fun episode here. Oh my gosh, we're into thirty minutes. Yes, oh I warned goodness. people. Okay, mm -hmm. we're gonna have um, to wrap it up here really soon. I know we will. Mm -hmm. The uh, one of the problems I had is that I wanted all of this information to be revealed and I wanted to show instead of telling, but I had too many characters. Mm -hmm. I had too much information for one character to have it all and too many characters for a short story uh, to, to work. But if I can roll that off screen and have, you know, somebody say, all right, you know, Wolreich, we need you to be in the office by yourself. Here's the list of questions. Um, and let's let's see if this thing comes in. And our hero has not told anybody that his threat assessment is when this thing appears, uh, I'm going to let Wolreich start talking, and then I'm going to kick down the door and shoot it in the head. See if they die. And, and see if it dies. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we do have to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this was useful for you. You can see this kind of story is really hard to feedback as a writer, as a writing group because it's not done. It's the same sort of problem we had with my story, where my ending was not the right ending, and we kept searching for it, and it was through the discussion that I get closer, but it is it is a tough thing to do, and we'll have to see how you well, go. And this discussion Howard. has shown me that the corner that I had painted myself into is shaped differently than I thought it was, mm -hmm. and the part that I thought was a wall might be a door. All right, so writing prompt.
You uh, have painted yourself <laughs> with actual paint into an actual corner, but there is a magic system in which the paint and the corner are significant elements. Why is you have painted yourself into a corner such an important element in this magic system that you're going to make up? Awesome. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.